You're listening to the Awaken Professional Podcast. Whether you're feeling a call to awaken, wanting to connect to your life purpose, a conscious professional, or have awakened and are figuring out what that means and how to apply it to your life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Nicole Strychev, also known as The Writing Medium. I'm happy you're here, so let's get started. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I want to talk about something that I feel is kind of important because as much as I love human design and the gene keys, and I think it's a great tool for self-development and growth, I'm starting to hear more and more people talk about using it in their hiring process. And the thing is, there's a lot of risks with just looking at someone's chart and making a decision whether or not you should hire them. I want to go through it with you today and talk about what I see as the pros and cons, because I know it is so tempting. It's really tempting to think, well, here's where I have some open centers. Here's where I'm quote unquote lacking. I don't think any of us are lacking. I think we all have our strengths and weaknesses. But it's tempting to think someone's going to balance you out and be like this magic completion circle. Um, I have a blog post about this. And if you see it, I have that Michael Scott from the office doing like a you complete me. (laughs) And that's what I think. It's tempting to look at it. So I'm just going to start at the beginning with talking about where I'm seeing human design come into play. Before we get into it, I just want to tell you what a little bit about human design, how I'm using it and how it's helped me. So I think of it both there's human design and then there's the gene keys. So human design came first. And then one of the students of the human design program then went on to channel. I mean, it sounds like channeling. He had this like three day event with consciousness where he didn't eat. I don't think he slept and he came through with this insight called the gene keys and both human design and the gene keys have been very helpful for me for tuning into my vision and really understanding like, what is my business meant to do? What am I here on the planet to do? What do people want to hear from me? What are they looking for when it comes to my services? For some people that may be obvious, but if you have a calling and if you begin to awaken It can be really challenging because you could be living a very traditional life like I was. I just had my master's degree in business. I had a 10-year human resources career. I was kind of at the top of it where I wanted to be when I had this feeling that it was time to awaken. So getting something that feels like it's time to awaken and help others awaken too, which was my message is confusing (laughs) because if you've been a person, especially me, I was working in human resources. So I was literally in a very, um, how would you say it? Like the steps along my journey were super clear when it came to working in a traditional office. It's like you went from benefits analyst or HR rep, say, to HR manager, to HR director, It went in tiers. It literally fit on a job description, like a one, two, three, super easy to set goals and achieve them and then know what you're missing. And even then it was usually laid out like one to three years experience, three to five years, five to seven. 
It was a very clear path. So when I felt this call to awaken and help others awaken too, that's not a job. (laughs) It's not a job. It doesn't have a job description. It's super confusing. It doesn't really like mean anything. I didn't know how to apply it, whether I was supposed to like leap into this unknown or what to even do with it. So something like human design and the gene keys has been a really great tool for me because it validated the feelings I was feeling and why I was feeling him. For example, I love to research and experiment and then share what I figure out. That's in my human design chart. I'm a one three. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that explains so much because I had stopped like researching and explaining things to people because I was like, why am I doing this? Like, like I said, it's not like a clear job description on a piece of paper where you're like, okay, if I do this and this, but it did lend itself well to blogging. And so I stopped pulling myself back from doing what I felt innately called to do. When I read that that was in my chart, I was like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. I do feel called to research and then not only apply it to my life, but to share it. And the share it piece was the puzzling part for me initially. Cause I was like, I can just apply it to my own life. Why do I keep feeling like I have to tell people this stuff? So it gave me permission, I guess, to follow what feels like my soul's purpose. And without it, I had stopped blogging or I was blogging a lot less frequently, or I was looking, I guess, for a point Like if I figured out something, it was like, well, how does this fit into the business? How does this fit into whatever product I have? How does this fit? I was making it, I was overthinking it. (laughs) I was doing that quote, overthinking can spoil the magic. That's basically what I was doing. So you could see human design is a great tool. In our human design chart, we have open centers and closed centers. I have a blog post on the same thing that I'll put in the show notes links under the resources. So you can see, I have my own chart with where my center is open. Well, actually I have an example of a chart where a center is open. So you can see, I have an example of my chart where you can see that I have an open root center. So the theory that's been growing popularity is that say, if I have an open root center and say, The theory behind that is maybe I'm not as able to get things done or stay on task or complete things. That's an oversimplified version, but it might help you to visualize it. So if I am then around someone with a closed root center or a defined one or colored in on the chart, then like together we would make this like whole system that's like unbeatable, unstoppable. There's also channels in our chart And that's kind of the messaging that's going around. If you hire someone that completes your channel, then you're much more dynamic. And then your energy is more together and powerful. Potent is the word we often use when we're talking about this. And so it makes sense that you would want to hire using human design. It's like on a logical level, it makes sense. And I've even heard, I think it was Richard Rudd from the Jinkies that was saying like, that's the direction we're headed where we use human design and the gene keys in the workplace. But having worked in human resources for 10 years, 
my alarm bells completely went off immediately because the thing is, there is such a thing called adverse impact where you can accidentally, without meaning to weed out certain races of your population that's applying. So when I was writing job descriptions, I had to make sure to write them in such a way and job postings, I would write the job description and then I would post a version of it online to get people to apply. And one of the things we are trained on is having an awareness that we attract a diverse group of people. Sometimes when you write, say a job description or, or you write kind of to yourself, like how you would think, what you would say, what you would like. And that's actually not great because then you're just going to attract you, <laughs> which creates group think, which doesn't create a diverse population. So it doesn't mean if you're a hard worker, you don't want to attract hard workers. It just means that you need to make sure that you step outside yourself and you write those job descriptions and job postings in such a way that you attract a wide pool of candidates for your position. So to come in and just say like, okay, well, I have an open root center. So I only want to hire someone with a defined root center, or I'm a manifesting generator. So I only want to hire a projector. To me, that seems like there's just no way you could also be aware of adverse impact or attracting only one specific type of person or limiting your candidate pool. Because I mean, that's a lot to expect from how you word your job descriptions. I think it's a much better way to think of what skills do you need to fulfill your job. So if you need someone who's very strategic, instead of looking for a manifesting generator in their chart, you would put in language and descriptions of the job that had to do with strategy. And it really has to do with it. You can't just make it up because you think, oh, I might want a manifesting generator. I mean, you really have to look at your job and go, okay, well, what would someone who excelled at this job, who was like totally thriving, like, what would they be like? Like if they're doing your social media, they need to be creative. They need to be able to come up with fun ideas. If they're just posting the social media, but not creating it, they need to be very detail oriented, have that like accountable attention to detail so that you can say, I want 10 posts per day per whatever. And they're like, okay, I can do it. You need to really just get specific and it'll kind of take this guesswork out of the chart anyway. Just want to make sure you're inclusive in your hiring practices and that you are open to, like I said, all shapes, colors, sizes, everything. And I really believe if you're just like, okay, I'm a projector, so I have to have a generator and I have to have a manifesting generator as the manager. Like if you try to structure it that way, it's going to be super hard to fill your positions. And I think you're going to weed out a lot of people. It also makes it seem like you're a hundred percent sure everyone's living in line with their human design, which they might not be. They might be a generator, say, who generators are known for getting things done. They're supposed to be able to like be able to get a lot of tasks done, like the wheels of the organization, like keep things moving, 
but say they hate their job and they don't show up and they're often absent. I mean, so you can't just say, well, you're a generator, so you'll do my job. Well, you don't know how they're showing up. That's where asking questions that aren't just yes or no answers and really getting into how a person thinks and get things done is very important. Your job for hiring for your organization, no matter how small, even if you're hiring one person, is to get good at asking interview questions that get you in the mindset of how that person thinks. So tell me about a time where you experienced a problem with a customer and you had to bring it to your manager's attention. What did you do? How did you handle it? What'd you say? And see, like, did they handle the problem and then give the manager a heads up? Or did they like make the problem worse? Did they freeze and not do anything and just wait for the manager? And it took 12 hours to respond. Like you want to know how do they handle these situations that could come up in your business? Looking at a chart and going, okay, you've got an open head center. So you're not going to have as many creative ideas as someone with a defined head center. It's just too limited in its interpretation. And it's really hard to see. You also, it, it requires such an extensive set of human design knowledge. And I'm realizing too, over time, the more like we form our own opinions about human design based on who we've worked with, what we've seen happen. Like I've noticed some things with a single definition and a split definition where I'm starting to make some generalizations about, okay, so clients I have with a split definition, this tends to happen. The clients I have with single, they seem to be more like this, but I keep it kind of open. Like I'm going to watch for it. And if, if I can help them because of this, I will. So, but if I started just saying, well, I don't want any clients that are split definition because they change their mind too much. That would be too limited because it's not assuming that somebody knows how to decondition their sensor centers and to work with their shadows and heal. So even though my interpretation of human design, the way I think of it and apply it is it's information to help you thrive. It's not like a right or wrong, one size fits all. It helps you know. So if we go back to my root center example, I have the open center. It's cropped up quite a bit in my life where I've had issues with feeling safe and secure, even when I have money in the bank, even when things are going well, I call it waiting for the other shoe to drop syndrome. And I have a blog post I'll attach on that too, that talks about like how to get rid of it. So I've learned how to heal that feeling that whenever things are going well, something horrible is going to happen because That's just something I wanted to work through. I didn't want to keep manifesting problems every time things are going right. So I really spent time exploring it and healing it. So if someone just looks and goes, oh, they're not going to be as safe and secure because look, it's an open root center. That would be limited because I've done a lot of work in my own spiritual growth and my own development to account for that. So you just don't know what someone has done or not done or if they know how to complete those things. And then you're just basing it off a chart. You're just going, okay. That's like saying every person in astrology signs are like exactly operating by their astrological sign, where now we know that like you could have a, like I'm a Leo, but then because of where my 
moon and sun is like, I have all these different things that make more sense to me than whenever I used to see the definition of a Leo. I was always like, I don't feel like a Leo. That just doesn't seem like me. I don't feel like I always want the spotlight. This doesn't make sense. And then when I had a true in-depth astrology reading and they talked about where everything else was, it was like, oh, that's so me. That makes perfect sense. Well, human design is no less complex. (laughs) It's no less complicated. It really is like a, a whole system. So I think to just use it when you're hiring, you don't even know someone, it really puts you at risk. So it puts you at risk for adverse impact where you weed out a diverse pool of candidates. It simple oversimplifies things. So even if somebody's maybe life purpose isn't to be your virtual assistant, that doesn't mean they're not a great virtual assistant for the next five years as they're building something else in their life. You just don't know because what everyone is doing in their life today doesn't mean that's their ultimate life purpose. We all need jobs along the way as we're building and growing because, you know, money. (laughs) Um, Let's see what else I wanted to say about it. Oh, the hardest lessons we learn are often what we're here to teach. So I think that too, the open centers we have that would be tempting to look on a chart and just say like, oh, there's our open, mine are closed, done. We'll just like match them up. But if your centers are open and you're working through the deconditioning and your maybe your channel is not complete and you're, you've worked in that area, that's often what we teach. So I definitely work with all my clients on the root center if they have theirs open or if they have any feelings of not feeling safe or secure. I have so many tools that I can help them with because that's what I've worked through. That's what I've had to work through along my entrepreneurial journey. In my corporate career, I didn't have to work through it so much. Like I said, it was very like, here's the step. But an entrepreneur's journey is much more challenging. It's a great way to find out (laughs) what your shadows are and anything you have to deal with because you know, it puts everything to the test. If you've done any kind of online digital marketing, entrepreneurial venture, it really puts all your skills, all your shadows, it really pulls all your shadows out there. So there are risky messages out there being shared. I saw someone talking about that. She was a projector and she had all projectors on her team. So then like, she just got rid of them and got these other people And it was just like, man, I don't know. She wasn't in the U.S., but in the U.S., the hiring, firing rules, um, you know, there's a lot of legalities around it. Like just saying like, oh, I just found out you're a projector, you're out, wouldn't really work well. I think focusing on the fact that maybe that team wasn't getting the work done, putting in concrete deadlines, and if they couldn't get it done, then being like, okay, this isn't working makes more sense than looking at charts and just being like, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. Um, you're just going to get yourself in a lot of hot water. And also I couldn't help but wonder, did those projectors come with a lot of great ideas that built her business? And then maybe they just needed to balance it with a virtual assistant that could help carry out the tasks. I mean, you always have to look at your team as if, are they all balanced? Is it you know, do you have the right combination of skill set to get things done? Not just, you know, a chart. 
So I have heard people saying like, they're not going to hire projectors or manifesting generators or a generator, or they only want this and they only want that. And I just don't think it's a great way to go. However, where I do think human design is going to come into play when it comes to hiring is more and more people that learn how to apply their own human design are going to apply to jobs that really suit them where they could thrive. Like the more you know about how you operate, the better you are going to be at applying to positions that suit you where you can thrive instead of getting into the wrong job and being like, ah, this doesn't work for me. And even like, say with HR, I mean, it was a good 10 years before I left that. And I felt I was very good at it, but I was, I felt done. I felt like I did what I needed to do and it was time to move on into something else. And that's when my calling came in. So even if I wasn't like fully aligned, although there actually are a lot of parts of my chart that are very aligned with that work, but say I wasn't fully aligned, you can still be really good at your job and do it for a long period of time until you're ready to move on to something else. So in my former HR role, we used to talk about getting the right person on the bus and in the right seat. And that's where human design can come in is later after you've hired, using it as a tool to help your employees thrive seems to make perfect sense to me because then it's like, oh, here's how their energy works best or could work best. You can't assume people are living in line with their design, but maybe you back off a little, or maybe if someone's like, go, go, go. And you see that in their chart, you might be like, okay, that person needs a break. Whereas this other person needs to like have spurts of energy. Their creativity is going to come in waves. They might need to like get out and go for a walk at lunch. I know they're going to get to it. There's just different ways to look at it where I think the chart could be really helpful. So my bottom line in sharing this for you is at this time, I think human design creates more potential for risk to your business and your company than it does for good when it comes to purely hiring, making that hiring decision based on someone's chart just doesn't seem right. Like what if they have the exact right skill set and you're like, nope. I just didn't want to hire a generator for this job. Otherwise you would have been perfect. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. That's like saying, I don't hire any Leos. I don't, I just don't want any Geminis in this role. It's going to be too complicated. Like we just can't weed people out. We still have to look at their skills, their background, their past performance, what they've done in their career, how they could answer their interview questions. Are they reliable? Do they meet deadlines? Do they show up? I mean, there's so many factors. And then you can't assume who's worked through their shadows and deconditioned their open centers or even living in their strengths. Like they could have blocks for the things that they should be good at according to their chart. And then you don't want any adverse impact. You don't want to unintentionally exclude people because you have some sort of bias in your hiring process because it you do have to be mindful not to have the bias so that you don't accidentally do that. If you just assume you're not biased, that's already risky in and of itself. So I love human design in the gene keys and I can talk about them all day and I love to. I don't re- recommend it now in your hiring practices. I do recommend if you have somebody who's qualified and knows how to help with it, that you can use that for your team building 
for really creating like high performing teams for helping you with your employee once they're hired, even your freelance worker, knowing how they operate from now when I get a new client, even though it's for helping them build their business and create their copy, I always get their human design chart because it helps me know like how they operate and where we're headed. I always look at their gene keys. So I understand their soul brand, their life purpose. So I make sure their messaging stays on task and we don't get all over the place. So it is a great tool, but it's too, it's just not a black and white. That's all you have to be able to apply it with a grain of salt. And it's just not there yet. And I don't think people have enough understanding to be able to just go like, yep, here's what you need in your organization. You need a generator, you need a projector, you need a manifesting generator, and they need to be in these areas and they need these channels open. And this one needs to be defined. And this one needs an open heads. I mean, you would make yourself crazy. Instead, put it out to the universe. You need help. Start like the wheels in motion that you're ready to hire. Make a good job description. Look at those tangible skills that you think someone needs. If it's attention to detail, creativity, deadline management, whatever it is, ask those good interview questions, really see like past performance as an indicator of future success. So how did they handle these other problems? What did they do? What was their process? Have them walk you through. And then once they're hired, take a look at their chart and see how you guys can best use your, your resources, your energy, your skills, everything. (laughs) I hope that helps. Um, If you have questions, of course, put them in the comments. You can DM me at theawakenprofessional.com and I'll see you in the next podcast or you'll hear me in the next podcast more accurately. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Professional Podcast. Your reviews will really help my podcast grow and get into the hands of other awakened or awakening professionals. To show you my appreciation for taking the time to leave a review, I'd love to send you a free guided meditation to help you uplevel your business by tuning in to your inner wisdom. Simply take a screenshot of your review before you submit it on iTunes and email it to hello at theawakenedprofessional.com to receive your guided journey. Thanks again for listening.